Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school. And that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only. To learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Next Level Human. I have a special guest with me today. Matter of fact, she's one of my favorite people that I've met. High praise. In Asheville. And um, yeah, you've just been amazing for me. Let me introduce everyone to you. So this is Candy Irvin. She and I have become very close friends. And I wanted her on the Next Level Human podcast because... She does something that's very different or is involved in things that are very different than me, although we also overlap a lot. And what I mean by that is she kind of, and you can correct me with this, Candy, if I'm getting this wrong, but whereas I'm more sort of in the science space, um, Candy's more in the metaphysical space. And so she deals in things like numerology and cardology and astrology and those kinds of things. And she also, has uh, the ability to be very intuitive and uh, to the degree that it's almost like um, extrasensory perception in a sense. (laughs) And I've experienced this firsthand and I know you've done this work for a while, but I wanted to have you on because one of the things that oftentimes uh, we can do as humans is we can get caught up in our own sort of ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to be very logical, very science-based. You have been instrumental in, in pulling me back into sort of more of the spiritual world, the sort of universe of things we can't necessarily see, but we can only feel. Right. And from my perspective, belief and stories and all of that stuff matter and they matter a lot. And it doesn't really matter um, from my perspective, whether you're coming from my angle or your angle or anywhere in between. But more that we're just being good humans and have a template by which we're viewing the world. And so I wanted them to get a sense of your template. So let's start with a little bit of of your story. So how how did you get into this? Because I know you come from a corporate background, so you do have sort of this very logical, linear brain. But I want to know a little bit of how you got into this work. And maybe you want to correct me in terms of uh, helping people understand exactly what it is you do. Yeah. So um, while we I do play in the space of like cardiology and numerology and astrology and the unseen, I'll call it the unseen, um, I think it's probably more playing with managing energy, reading energy, feeling energy, and then intuiting what our surroundings are trying to communicate with us. And those things are tools, like cardiology is a tool. So um, if you don't know what cardiology means, now would be a great time to look it up because it's super fascinating <laughs> and incredibly accurate. Go to zuguru.com to figure that out. Um, but I would say, you know, I think I always knew things, but I didn't know how or why I knew them. 
And I didn't always have the data to back up things that I knew. And in a corporate setting, people challenge that. They're like, okay, well, you, you say that we should do this, we shouldn't do this, but why? Like, show me the data, show me the proof. And you're a science guy, you, you, evidence is important, but I would know in my, every part of my being what was right or what was wrong. But I couldn't back it up and I didn't have the confidence in myself to just say, I know, trust me. So I would pull back. Um, so I think, you know, corporate America helped me to feel into the fact that I was getting information in a different space. It also, I think, helped me to realize that I wanted to live a fuller version of myself. So corporate America was very um, boxy, was very one dimensional, and there were lots of other dimensions that I wanted to experience. So I quit and then just decided to dive into metaphysics. All right, well, let's, so let's, yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? So, so I just quit. walked away from, and by the way, I mean, so, well, by the way, one, uh, Candy and I are talking to you while we're having um, <laughs> a picnic. So, <laughs> so if you're watching this on video, you're seeing that we have, we're eating. So if you feel, if you hear crunching and all that kind of stuff, that's what's happening. But okay, so let me give them a little bit more background on this too, because you weren't just from the corporate world, but you were kind of a corporate badass, right? So you started mm -hmm. with this company sort of from the ground up. Mm -hmm. You were one of their first hires Early on. and you basically moved yourself all the way up in the ranks and essentially were, you know, the one, two or three top people in this company. So you- Yeah, sitting right below the, the C-class suites. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that obviously requires, like you said, logical, linear, but then you get into this sort of place where you're like, I know certain things, I feel certain things, and I just need to follow my heart, but I don't necessarily know how to um, do that. So give us an example of what that might look like. So, because I think for a lot of people, me included, it's like I have this experience where sometimes I, I think I've followed my intuition, but it, it always almost feels like in hindsight, you know, like coincidence or just... Mm -hmm. um, you know, not not real wisdom. It's just kind of I got lucky. So yeah. help us understand, like maybe examples of where this happens and how you knew over time, because I am I assume the first time you did this, you didn't really trust it. But after you probably the first millionth times right. I did this, I didn't trust it. I'll, so the one thing that stands out in my head as really solidifying for me that there was some sort of magic out there that I, as well as everyone can tap into was um, I was really established in my career. I'd probably at this point been in my job for 13 and a half years. Um, I was a vice president on paper. My career looked amazing. My life looked amazing. I was miserable. So I was out one random day. I think it was actually a work day. And I decided that I was just going to take the day for myself. I decided to go paddle boarding alone. And I was just out in the middle of this lake. There was no one around. And I said out loud, I'm gonna quit my job. Now I wasn't, there was nothing dramatic happening at work. There wasn't anything that I was trying to run from or get away from. And I surprised myself when I said it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of felt it and I felt a little relief. And I started to get a little excited. And then my logical brain kicked in and was like, okay, well, what do you need to make that happen? And so I just kind of randomly picked a number and said, if I had this amount of money in my portfolio, I would feel confident quitting my job. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And it, I mean, it wasn't six months. It was probably more like three months. And the number was 
a number that like wasn't logical for me to meet in the amount of time that it got there. And I remember I was sitting at my desk at work and I just happened to check my portfolio one day and I like the number was there. And I was like, oh shit. Like <laughs> I threw this out and now I have to hold up my end of the deal. And what it felt like was the universe saying, you accomplished what you needed to accomplish here. It's time to move into the next phase of your life. You asked for X, so we gave you X, and now you need to quit so we can move into Y. Okay, this is amazing. So were you like doing, because I, I have experience, and I don't think I've talked about this yet, but in future episodes I will, where I, I have visualized and manifested and I would spend every morning and almost every night visualizing the life that I want. So after mm -hmm. you set this intention, were you doing anything or did you just, did it just show up? Like, were you doing visualization? Were you doing any of that kind of stuff? So I you mean, I literally just set the intention once and let it go. Because part of me, so part of my story is I always feared not being able to provide for myself. Um, so that was a big driver in my life. So, you know, the universe knows that. They know what our, our, our deepest desires and our greatest fears are. So for me to make a move like that, I was going to have to feel financially secure. Bottom line, like everything else could have been lined up perfect, but if I didn't feel financially secure, I wasn't gonna make a move. So they delivered on the thing that I needed. But yeah, I just said it, I let it go. I wasn't visualizing every day, I wasn't manifesting, I wasn't like writing notes to the universe. Cause honestly, part of me didn't wanna leave my job because that's scary. What was I gonna do if I left? I had no idea what I was gonna do, but it happened. So for me, it was the universe saying, this is moving you in the right direction. It is time to go. So we're going to provide for you financially so you feel the freedom to make the move. Now move. And there were times, so I, I, I hit the goal financially, but then I put in place about a year, year's worth of plans to move. So it wasn't something that I just like turned in my two weeks and bounced. It was still another year. And I had so many doubts along the way. And every time I had a doubt, again, something would happen. Like I remember I was working in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, and I would fly in on a Monday, fly out on a Friday. And I did it for 17 weeks. It was miserable. And I always flew into Baltimore and I drove the same route. And I remember one day thinking, you know, maybe I really shouldn't quit my job. Like, this is stupid. I'm at the height of my career. Like the next step is really big and I'm doing really good things. I should probably just like let go of this little weird dream that I've had and just stay the course. And I saw this billboard that I've probably driven by a million times, but for whatever reason that day it caught my attention. And it was this little kid with a cape on and goggles and all it said was live fearlessly. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna quit. <laughs> like, so every time I had doubts, like little things like that would show up on my path. And I mean, I've heard you say before, like, you know, we're meaning making machines and I was seeing what I needed to see and making meaning behind it, but that is the magic. I mean, the universe puts the things in front of us for us to see. We just have to assign the proper meaning. Okay, so this, so this is where things get fascinating um, for me because you know this, but I haven't really shared this with the the people on the podcast since I've come to Asheville and left LA. Um, when I was younger, I used to have lots of these feelings, or at least a sense that life was talking to me, um, and I had this sense that, like, you know, I I don't know, like, just certain things would happen, coincidences. Uh, serendipity, you know, mm -hmm. certain people, certain patterns repeating itself. And when I was younger, it was almost like a game. Like I felt like I was in on something, you know, and mm -hmm. I had lots of interesting experiences in my early 20s. I did was into lucid dreaming and out of body experiences and all that went away. 
because I was just, um, and not, it was in the back of my head, but all of it sort of um, went into the background because I got into biochemistry and science. And when I came back to Asheville, I began to experience all of this again. And then of course, and what I mean by all of this again, is I started to tap into, that's odd that that happened that way. That's odd that this person is sitting next to me. That's odd that people keep bringing up the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I started you know, paying attention again to those little voices. And then you and I met, which is really interesting, which then I got to meet someone and, you know, really have someone who lives this life where they feel like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost like when I think about you, you're operating from a place where life, you feel like life is talking to you all the time, or I feel like that's how you're operating. And Mm -hmm. you're pretty sure of it and pretty confident that this is how it works, which make me more sure and made me start paying more attention to this. So the question I want to ask, because I've been experiencing this, is how is this how it works? Well, I want to ask a couple of things. One, is this the way it works for all of us? And two, when you're talking about things like the universe and they, because you use terms like that, and some of the people who roll in your circle use that, that term as well, where they'll be like, they're in my circle. Yeah, you know, like, you know yeah. the, the, that I've my met homies. through you. Yeah, right. your homies. <laughs> that they speak the same kind of language. And so I, I want to know, like, is the, it does this work for everyone this way? And what do you mean by when you say they or the universe or what what are we actually talking about here? Like, what is this wisdom you're sort of tapping into? Well, I wish I knew 100 um, percent. So I'm going to answer the last question first. When I say they or the universe, for me, it's kind of a catch all. It's whatever creation magic sits out there. I lump it in the they. I lump it in the universe. Um, I don't know 100 percent what I'm tapped into. Um, I know, though, that I can trust it. And I know that it's got my back and that it's for my greater good. I know that because I also know what it feels like to be tapped into energy that is not so high vibe and doesn't have good intentions. So I've had both experiences and there's a distinct feeling. It's like when you get advice from that friend that you really trust, that you know is super smart, that doesn't have any agenda other than for your best self to come forward and for you to have the best experience. You know that you can trust the feedback and the advice that they're gonna give you, without a doubt. You still run it through your own filters and you still ask yourself, does this feel right for me? But you know that they're giving you really good advice. That's the same way I feel when I tap into this higher knowing. So, you know, we call it the higher self, we call it a higher perspective, a higher wisdom. Um, But, you know, ultimately it's just, it's the part of the universe that has your back, that is part of creating this beautiful experience that we have. So could it be, you talking to yourself and just your higher wisdom or could it be you know um god or some godlike creative force or some unknown honestly i think that depends on your belief structure so one of the belief structures that we have to have is that we believe that we're going to get the highest and best information so that we can step forward into the best version of ourselves or be that next level human so when laura my business partner and i do this work we start from that perspective of I want to get the information that's of the highest and best. And so we sort of set that as a ground rule every time we communicate, whether it's officially with a client, whether it's, you know, in a, in a podcast where we're going in and asking Q and a, or whether it's when I'm trying to tap into something for myself personally, it's, I want the best information for myself at this time. 
So for some people, if their you know if their belief is in God or a God or a set of gods, whatever it is, then that might be the the feeling or the energy that they feel that they're tapped into. If it's someone who's agnostic, it might be magic. It might be a higher power. It might be an inner wisdom because we all have that inner wisdom. It exists within us. It doesn't, it exists outside because that's easier to sometimes consider, but ultimately all of this resides within. The other question that you asked, now I forgot, was. Is this the way it happens for everyone? Okay. You know, it's like, like yeah. you know, people have things happening to them. Is there, basically what I'm getting at, is there a way to teach people mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. more intuitive or is it just, we each have to find our own way or is there a way mm-hmm. to actually say, no, there's actually, you know, tools and techniques you can use to tap into this. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of different things. I mean, so Laura and I both believe that the first thing that really people need to do is get clear on their energy and learn how to manage their own energy. So if I'm completely frazzled, like I'm whipped up about the day, like say that something chaotic happened or I had a confrontation at a coffee shop or something has me unsettled, well, then there's no way I'm going to be able to feel what the universe is trying to communicate. There's no way I'm going to be able to tap in and connect Mm -hmm. to that higher self because I'm too spun up. So the first thing is, is always learning how to center, to ground, to know what you're feeling, if it's yours, if it's someone else's, if you're tapped into the energy of the space that you're in or the work environment that you're in and being able to know how to clear all that out. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to cause almost like, um, it's like noise when you're trying to have a conversation at a coffee shop. If you and I were at, let's say, Starbucks, we're sitting across the table talking to each other, we might not be able to hear exactly what's being communicated, might not be able to read the nonverbal, might not be able to pick up on where you're emphasizing something versus not because of all the noise around. Mm. So that's energy management, learning to dial out that noise and just make it go away. And then the clairs, you know, so we're all, we all have powers, we all have intuitive abilities and they show up in different ways, but we have the ability to access them all. So for me, you know, I'm clairvoyant, so I see things, I'll get pictures, almost like movies in my head. I can see things play out, I can see end results. Um, sometimes I'll hear things like I'll, I'll hear a definite yes or a definite no when I'm asking a question. Um, some people smell things. Some people taste things. Um, it can show up in a bunch of different ways. But we actually teach people to identify what their prominent clear is. So what's the way that the universe is most frequently communicating with you so that you can tap in and play with that? And then if you want to expand on that, how can you learn how to activate the other ways? So if you're always being shown signs but you're not always in a place where it's easy to show signs, then maybe you want to work on tapping into hearing the voice in your head of getting the affirmation or the confirmation in your head. So we can work on that too. But yeah, I mean, I think we all have the ability to hit on all of these cylinders. It's just, you know, where do we want to play and where do we feel most comfortable? All right. So if I'm hearing you correct, let me just feed some of this back to you and tell me if I've got this. So it sounds like from your perspective, in terms of the question of where has this come from, um, it sounds like what you're saying is it's kind of up to our own belief system, right? Mm-hmm. So if we come from a more Christian sort of belief or God centered belief, sounds like what you're saying is that's fine. You'll hear it through that sort of um, perception. If Absolutely. you're more agnostic, that's fine. You're going to hear it more through maybe an inner wisdom or, you know, something like that. If mm-hmm. you're more, you know, sort of tapped into the metaphysical spiritual, you may, you know, 
I don't know, see things, hear things, whatever. But you it may doesn't... play with oracle cards, and right. they may communicate back so with you, or whatever. You may yeah. tap into the tarot or whatever. Is right. that what that is? Oracle mm-hmm. cards, the tarot. Yeah. Okay, so I love that idea because it essentially is, uh, well, it's an agnostic way of looking at spirituality too, right? So like mm-hmm. you can come through many different uh, ways. So. That's an interesting idea, especially for someone like me, who's kind of completely agnostic. I I kind of shun the religious and I shun the metaphysical to a large degree because I just go, for some reason, I don't love the idea of something outside of myself um, controlling me. But I also do oftentimes say we're co-creators at best, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we get to have choice, but I also think we're working within certain structures, even if we just look at it like this culture, this time and place in the history of mankind that you're kind of limited by what you can and cannot do. So, and then the other part is, it sounds like you're saying that there's different ways to tap into that. And we need to, you know, sort of listen to this instead of thinking, okay, well, some people are going to hear things. Some people are going to have dreams. Like, I, I don't know exactly what mine is, but I'll, I'll try to deal with it now. I feel like mine is comes in the form of people mainly, uh, and I don't know if this if this will make sense to you or not, but I feel like um, when there's something that I'm focusing on or asking about, I'll oftentimes get people show up and they'll say things like, you should check out this book or you should watch this particular movie. And it's become such a recurrent theme in my life that now when people say things like that, I actually take it pretty seriously, especially if it happens over and over again. And that's what tends to happen for me. So They're you like, have messengers. Yeah, is that what that is? That's what I would call it. It's so one of the things that's really cool is, and you can play with this. You can set the intention to start playing playing with this. Is um, just like you do. If you have something that you're chewing on, a question that you have, a problem that you're trying to solve, asking the universe to communicate to you through other people. Sometimes it could be overhearing someone else's conversation that has nothing to do with you, but they say something that answers the question that you had in your head. Mm. Um, or like you, you know, people giving you books or recommending things or, you know, having conversations. It, part of it is the universe is always communicating to us. And we actually, Laura and I asked this um, in the bubble. We call it in the bubble when we kind of set the intention and create the space to actually go in and ask questions on behalf of other people. So we were, we were in the bubble and someone had the question of how does the universe communicate to me and, and does it communicate the same to everyone? And the answer that we got back was, yes, the universe communicates the same way to everyone, but we may actually interact with the universe differently as individuals. So you may be like, okay, I mean, I've gotten great messages by just paying attention to who's talking to me. So that's the way that I want the universe to communicate with me because that's the way I've learned to trust it. Mm. So now that's your primary way that it's going to continue to communicate with you. Whereas I might be, I need you to show me signs or show me pictures or talk to me with clear intention and clear communication. So that's the way it's gonna communicate with me. But we have the power to sort of direct it or to open the channel to say, okay, now I wanna see signs and symbols, or you know, now I wanna get messages communicated with me through songs on the radio or whatever. So we, we can open those channels, those gates, as we see fit. We just have to set the intention. Okay, so this kind of stuff, it blows my mind. And you and I have already had these conversations, but here's some of the stuff that, you know, um, I'm interested to hear sort of how you handle this. So so let's say, like, I've always been one of these people that's just like, I'm going to do X or Y, right? And um, like, I don't know, like, I'm going to go to medical school and I just believe, okay, I'm going to work 
hard to do that. I'm going to think, here are the things that I need to do to get to medical school. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a very like tangible, I can see everything. I know what I need to do. People have carved that, that sort of path out. But it sounds like what you're saying too is like, sure, that knowledge is there, but then we are literally walking around downloading or um, receiving messages. And mm-hmm. so for me, this sounds, um, well, it sounds bizarre. And it, well, too it, woo. It, it, it sounds very woo, <laughs> right. right? And but, but so then I also have had some of these experiences that for example, and I'll share this. I don't know if I've shared this on, well, I know I haven't shared this on the podcast, but I'll share it now. I know you've heard this, but I'll share it because I I share it because I'm sure that other people will um, perhaps have some of these experiences as well. But one of the most bizarre experiences that has ever happened to me is I had a dream. And when I was, I don't know, this is years back now. My nephew is what, uh, 20? So this is over 20 years ago. It's like 21 years ago, I guess. Anyway, I had a dream. My grandmother, who I wasn't close to, but she had was, had been dead like maybe seven years or so. She came to me in a dream and said that your sister is pregnant. Mm-hmm. She told me a bunch of other stuff, too. I don't rem- I remember two things. One, she said, your sister's pregnant. It's a boy. It's going to be an important person. I remember that. Um, the second thing um, she said was stay out of the civil war in the family. So. I'm a jokester. So my sister happened to call me that day. This is back in the day before cell phones or whatever, because I remember her <laughs> calling and picking up the phone. Well, I think we had cell phones, but I just I still had a, a phone in my apartment. And anyway, she I forget why she called me, but I just am a jokester. So I said, Jody, how come you didn't tell me you're pregnant? And she goes, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? I am not pregnant. I'm on the pill. You're crazy. Right. And I said, well, you're pregnant. And then we had our conversation and we hung up and she just knows me to be the, the you know, sort of the clown. So two weeks later, Jody calls me and she goes, what the hell? I'm pregnant. <laughs> so to me and then then I got goosebumps and I immediately was like, what the hell is going on? And she said, tell me everything. So I told her about this this dream. Now. Here's why I bring this story up, because I've had several of these kind of things happen to me in my life. And I always just go back and say it was a coincidence. It was just dumb luck. But what you're saying is that's actually not um, the case. And part of me wonders, and this is a question for you, is that when we see this stuff as dumb luck and just coincidences, do we inhibit it from um, presenting itself or do we blind ourselves to it? Um, or like, what's the story there? Because part of me goes, I want to tap back into this. If this is real, even if it's not real, I still want to, you know, if there's wisdom out there that I could tap into, I want to, but how do we know the difference? So the two questions would be, how do we know it's not just coincidence and we're just making stuff up? And I was just, you know, I just got lucky. I had a dream randomly and it was just, you know, and if not, um, and then the second question is, so first question is, how do we know it's not just coincidence? And the second question is, how can we as humans begin to tap into this more and pay, pay closer attention and have it happen more in our lives? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you want to assume that it's dumb luck, that's totally fine. The universe is not going to shut down because you're trying to write it off as a coincidence. 
It's just going to keep doing it because what it did is it got your attention. You took an action and you got confirmation back that it was accurate. Even though it was two weeks later, Jody calls you. She confirms, oh my God, I'm pregnant. How the fuck did you know that? And then the second confirmation you got was you got goosebumps. So one of the things that we always talk to people about is your body doesn't have an agenda. Our ego has an agenda. Our mind might have an agenda, but our body does not have an agenda. So it's going to guide us in the proper direction if we allow it. Goosebumps, goosies, chill bumps, whatever you want to call them. Those are great confirmations of I'm tapped into something here bigger than myself. So you got those. So you got two confirmations, one from Jody and one from your body. But the universe isn't going to give up on trying to communicate with any of us, no matter how hard we try to shut it down. The only way we truly close that valve is if we, as a human, decide no matter what the universe puts in front of me, I'm going to ignore it. I'm just not going to pay any attention to it. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to do it my own way. And if, you know, whatever that I believe in, science, religion, whatever, if I don't get it through those methods that I'm more comfortable with, then I'm not going to believe it. And I would even go so far then as to say the universe would then be like, okay, so now I'm going to start putting evidence in front of you. And I'm now going to start, you know, putting Bible verses in front of you. Like, I'm still going to communicate with you, even though you've tried to shut me down. I'm going to try to fit through that little, like that little space that you've allowed for me to squeeze through. And what, what Laura and I are trying to help people do is just open that valve wider, you know, create a safe container, a sacred space. You're not just open to whatever, but to open that valve a little bit more so that you can start getting messages more broadly delivered. Okay. This is going to be kind of a tough question. I mean, Ooh, maybe fine. not, maybe not for you, but it's going to be, it might seem, um, I don't know. It might seem abrasive it's, it, or, or rude or whatever. I don't know. I mean, not to you, but maybe to some people listening. But so here's, here's my issue. So I know I've known a lot of people in my field, Bastyr University is where I went to, to school. It was a very sort of hippie, woo-woo sort of medical school. Naturopathic medicine, when I went into it, was very much on the fringe. And we did a lot in energy medicine. And there was just, you know, everything you can imagine, homeopathy, energy medicine, et cetera. And what I have found, and this is where it may come across as rude to people listening, and I, I hope it doesn't come across that way, but it might is that a lot of um, what I see is just what I would call people making shit up, uh, outlandish <laughs> claims. Like um, we see it now today with conspiracy theories and all kinds of, you know, um, what I would consider ridiculous beliefs. And, and people will, I've certainly found that people will continue believing these things, thinking the universe is telling them this thing, even if everything is going wrong. And so from my perspective, like, how do we know um, that people aren't just making shit up? Right. Like I had I tell you this story, but um, I'll tell everyone here. But um, I took lots of courses in this field and one very I won't name names, but one very prominent uh, intuitive healer. I took a course um, from this woman on how to be an intuitive healer. And one of the people in the class mentioned that she spoke with her dog. <laughs> And the lady who was the teacher who was very famous at the time. Still is. And still is. Yeah. Basically went off on this uh, woman. And basically, basically what she said in this scathing sort of voice, she goes, isn't it convenient for you that you get to talk to dogs and none of us at all can confirm whether that's true or not? You, for all we know, you could just be making stuff up. Mm -hmm. And she looked at all of us and said, that is not intuition. Like if you're going to 
be intuitive, you better have some kind of evidence that shows you that you are accurate. And so how do we, the question is, and maybe you have an answer for this, maybe you don't, but how do we know that we're not just making shit up because we read some book that said X, Y, Z, or that the people we're talking to are not making stuff up? How do we know we're not just utterly delusional or schizophrenic? I mean, there are people walking on the street right now in downtown Asheville talking to people, thinking that they're getting messages from the universe. So how do we, (laughs) how do we know like what is real and what is not in this world? And that's part of the issue. Like part of me goes, there is something that we tap into as humans. Mm How is it that, you know, someone like you always seems to be on the right side of this and gets it right? And then other people always seem to just be making shit up. And from the mess, if you just look at their life, you kind of just go, they're obviously not tapped into anything but delusion because their life is a complete shambles. So do you have anything to say on that and how we make sense or any thoughts that come up in that regard? I love this question so much. So, um, so I'm a six in cardiology, six of diamonds and sixes. We, um, when you think, so cardiology is based, it's the numerology and astrology of the playing cards. So when you think about the face of a card, the pips on a six, there's three on one side, three on the other. So as a six, I'm all about balance. I'm trying, you know, I may swing way into the woo, but then I'm going to swing way over into the science and I'm going to volley back and forth. I'm gonna land in the middle at some point. So I would love nothing more than for science to prove or disprove all of this stuff. That would be amazing. Until that happens, the only thing that we can really do is practice and play. So one of the courses that we have is called Amplifying Your Intuition. And it really is all about practice. So there's a couple different things. One is learning how to trust what you're being given. So for me, because I, I hear voices a lot or I'll, I'll hear communications in my head, part of it, and a lot of people do, so that's pretty common, or they'll see pictures, also very common. So part of it is learning to identify what it feels like to imagine a scenario versus what it feels like to be given information. So when you think about imagining, it's, okay, so I'm gonna imagine myself getting on the plane, I'm gonna imagine myself flying to Florida, I'm gonna imagine myself getting off the plane, I'm gonna imagine myself going to the beach, I'm gonna imagine myself getting in the ocean. Like it's effort. You have to put the story in place as you go along. When your higher self or the universe is communicating with you, it just all comes. There's no effort and you can feel the difference in your head. There's no making up a story, there's no going from A to Z, it's just boom. It's all there and you're watching it. It's like you become the participant, the witness, because it's something outside of your logical brain that is getting the information. Like that's where it's coming from, somewhere outside of you or inside of you, but not your brain. I want to jump in real quick and tell you about one of my favorite new products. And to start out, I want to ask you a question. If you had to follow your friends around who are not the healthiest in the world and see what they are doing, what would be the number one thing you would probably tell them to do to start? For most people, that's going to be drinking more water, right? This is something that we talk about all the time in health and fitness. It's almost as if we Think of it as an afterthought now because obviously water is so crucial. However, we oftentimes get this wrong. For example, did you know that when it comes to hydration, just drinking water can make things worse? Most people don't know this. Why? 
partly because most people are over-drinking water and under-consuming the electrolytes that help water do its job. What we don't realize is that hydration is not just about water. It's about electrolytes, the minerals in there, as well as getting that water into the cells. And so you do not want to be over-consuming water if you're not getting your electrolytes right. And this opens up a whole new discussion because most people are not getting their electrolytes right. For example, did you know that low sodium, too low sodium is an issue, just as much if not more so than high sodium? In other words, what we want if we're going to get the right electrolytes is to get the right amount of sodium and potassium and magnesium in the Goldilocks zone. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. We want it just right. This opens up a whole other thing here, too, because people who are exercising, doing sauna therapies, doing low-carb diets are disrupting and losing lots and lots of their electrolytes. For example, when insulin is not around and low-carb diets, you will excrete lots of sodium. In other words, under that state, exercising, low-carb diets, all these things, you actually need more sodium. And so if you're somebody who has been just drinking water, not paying attention to electrolytes, and also feeling fatigued, feeling like you're underperforming, not sleeping right, getting cramps, twitches, headaches, any of these things, then you are probably dealing with an electrolyte issue. This is where the product element comes in. This product has been a game changer for me and many, many of my patients and clients. This is a rehydration electrolyte beverage, basically. It is a powder of electrolytes formulated with 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium without the added sugar and other nonsense that comes in beverages like Gatorade. This stuff is basically a rehydration beverage on steroids. It is the thing that is going to replenish your electrolytes in the right ratios, decrease fatigue, really correct chronic dehydration. And by the way, many people are dehydrating themselves, becoming hyponatremic, low sodium, when they're consuming too much water. You need your electrolytes on board, especially if you are someone who is losing lots of sodium and other electrolytes through low-carb diets and lots and lots of exercise. This is where Element comes in. Element is a new sponsor to the Next Level Human podcast. I cannot recommend this product enough. I have been using this stuff for months now, and I have immediately seen changes in my energy levels. I feel like I'm operating on a whole other level, and I have seen this as being the primary thing that people who have been using Element have been telling me that their fatigue is getting better, especially fatigue that comes after very intense workouts that involve lots of sweating and lots of intense output from the nervous system. Please check out Element. Use the code next level, drinkelement.com. That's D R I N K L M N T dot com drinkelement.com and let's get back to the show. Sorry to break in. I want to cover one of my sponsors, 
Organified. Now, look, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, and many of you who know me well know this, but shockingly, I cannot stand vegetables. I really do not like vegetables. I have not liked them since a child. I think it has something to do with my mom who cooked everything just boiled. Boiled everything, no salt, no fat, no taste, period. And so I developed an extreme dislike for almost all vegetables. And still to this day, I have a difficult time getting in my fruits and vegetables. Well, Organifi, started by my good friend Drew Canoli, who I've developed a relationship over the years, and I am really sort of tickled that we finally get to do this together with Organifi sponsoring the Next Level Human podcast. Drew is a Next Level Human. Organifi is a Next Level Human company. I can't say enough about them. I'm excited for them to be on board as a sponsor for the Next Level Human podcast. My favorite products, let me tell you about them. They have a ton, but I use three pretty much every day. I use Organifi Gold before I go to sleep. This is their turmeric tea based on sort of the old Ayurvedic golden milk. It is absolutely fantastic. It contains lots of different relaxing herbs, turmeric, taste wonderful. And one of the things this has done for me is I had a very bad wine habit at night. It started out as just one glass of wine. Lately, it's turned into two, three, and sometimes a bottle. What I've done starting in 2021 is use Organifi. This is what I have in lieu of wine. And I sit there just like I used to sit with my wine and I have the Organifi gold. I also use the green and red juice powders. I have never liked greens and reds juices, period. These powders to me always tasted like swamp water. I use one scoop of the greens, one scoop of the reds first thing in the morning before my coffee. It has become a, a ritual over the last several years. It is fantastic. Those are the ones I use the most. Of course, they have a great line of protein products and they have a new Organifi Gold chocolate, which I have not tried yet, but I cannot wait to try that because you all know I love cocoa powder and use it for lots of different things, for cravings and everything else. Check out Organifi, Organifi.com. Use the code next level. Please take care of Organifi the same way they're taking care of the earth, doing amazing things as a company, and now taking care of the Next Level Human podcast so we can all be together and have these discussions. Organifi.com, use the code next level. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. Um, so that's one way. Then the other is just starting to play and practice with that. I mean, when I first realized as an adult, because I had a lot of the same experience that you described as a child, then just kind of shut it down because it seemed weird, then became a responsible adult, boring, completely like closed off to it. And then started having these weird experiences happen where I forced myself to open back up. Since opening back up and deciding there's something here that I want to explore and experience, what I started doing was just interactions with friends and family. Like, okay, so I'm gonna go into this space. I want you to, you know, I want you to give me the questions that you have, or I'm gonna put you in this space and I want, you know, I'm gonna ask you the questions and we're gonna see the answers that we get. So I would do it, I would put people in the bubble and I would let, I would ask them their questions. We would play with them getting their own information. I would go into the bubble on their behalf, have them ask me questions, get information for them. And then I started practicing with clients and it was, you know, I'm going to do this for free or, or like a really low amount of money just because I want to get practice and I have to know if this is bullshit or not. 
And the hardest part was telling myself, okay, ego, like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I don't know these people that are asking questions, which is the best way to practice because there can be no agenda then. I'm just going to trust that whatever I feel that kind of downloads in or presents itself, I'm going to share it uninhibited and I'm going to let them tell me whether I'm full of shit or not. And every single time people would be like, either that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I've been hearing in my head. Like that is the exact thing that so-and-so said to me. Like every time we were getting this confirmation of valid, 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 valid. So what it gave me then was the experience of, okay, so I know what it feels like when I'm getting good information. And then, then it's like shooting hoops, you know, it's a muscle memory, no different. So, so then I'm just, you know, going in and doing the same routine over and over again. And I can trust the information that I'm getting. I know when my ego is getting in the way. The hardest thing for me to do is to ask questions romantically of myself, because there is a part of my brain or heart that wants to kind of have a say. And I know that I can't get clear information for myself yeah. in that space. Interesting. So you can't have agenda, too mm -hmm. much agenda. You kind no, of have to let it, it be. It, th this is a, that's a really interesting thing because, um, well, I'll just share some thoughts here that I think are, it, it sounds like, and this is very, the, the woman that I worked with way back now, this is going, again, this is uh, 20 plus years. One of the things she said that uh, she also was um, skeptical of her ability to be intuitive. And she hooked up with a very prominent doctor who um, would ask her questions about patients that she had no idea and had never mm -hmm. met. And she would just give, give him the thoughts. And the only way she said that she knew it was working is that he kept calling her back and he kept calling and <laughs> right. he kept calling more and more. Right. Yeah. So she goes, obviously things are working. And one day she just got up the courage and said, so you've been calling me a lot. Like, <laughs> am, am I good at this? And he was basically just like, um, yes, like this is unreal. It's making yeah. a huge difference. So it sounds like what you're saying is that that really what we need to do is then put ourselves under the gun. So we can't believe our own shit, but we can, in, in, you know, sort of include other people. And to me, this is a very logical thing to do anyway, right? Like part of what I oftentimes teach is that if you see the same pattern showing up again and again in romance, in career, with, with the, it's a different person, but it's the same energetics mm -hmm. that are going on. And when everyone listening, you guys know the deal with this. It's like, we see this a lot. You're in a different relationship and experiencing the same problems again and again and again. Doesn't matter whether it's in romance, whether it's peers, family, um, you know, uh, colleagues, whatever it is. Then I essentially say it's you, not them. And it sounds like if I'm hearing you correctly, you're kind of saying the same thing here. You're, you're kind of using other people as uh, practice in a sense. So it sounds like there's two things you're saying. One is if you're getting information for yourself, then you pay close attention to how that, the honesty of that and the, the results that that information creates in your own life. Mm -hmm. But also sounds like at least in this practice, you are um, telling people sort of your feelings and using them to basically be like, you're either full of shit or not, which I, I kind of like this idea if I'm getting it right, because to me, I go, we really, we're not islands unto ourselves. So other humans mm -hmm. are essentially our proving ground. And so if we're all about ourselves, then obviously we can't survive. But if we're all about other people, obviously we can't survive. We have to integrate them 
in a way. And it sounds like in this practice, humans, other humans are an integral part of it for you. Yeah, they were, they were a huge part. So, I mean, and Laura and I have regularly been called clear channels, like quote unquote clear channels. And I would say that what that really means is there's no agenda. I love nothing more than when I ask a question and my mind has a bias and the answer that I get is in opposition to what I thought I was going to get. And it may take a little bit, but usually that information proves out. And then I get to have a change of mind based on the information that I tapped into. That is fucking incredible. Mm. But it, it really does take identifying in our own selves what are our bias, um, what are our beliefs, how have we been conditioned? Because if we aren't able as humans to address our own issues and to either heal them you know, become aware of them or, you know, put them on the table, then it makes all of this that much harder. Like if you're trying to prove yourself right, then this is this, this avenue of tapping into your own intuition is going to be a lot more complicated because it's not your intuition that you're tapping into at that point. It's your ego. So it really is opening yourself up to, I want the best and highest information that's available to me. I want to be the next level human. I want to be the best version of myself, which means I need to get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. I need to allow the you know, 90 year old version of myself to step forward and to tell me in that wise elderly wisdom, what is best for me now. And then I, in this body, in this space and time get to decide, is that something that I want to take action on? Or is that something that I want to explore? Or is that just good advice mm-hmm. um, that I'm not going to do anything with? So, you know, it, it is practice on ourselves and with others, but the bigger part of really tuning into the intuition is getting our own house in order. Because if we're a shit show and your intuition is, I mean, it's not going to be on point. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about where to start because um, you use tools that are completely foreign uh, to me. And I want to talk about them a little bit. Um, so you use uh, numerology, right? Cardology. Or, we use cardology. Primarily. Okay. So what, what exactly is cardology and why, why do you, What's, you know, if we're just tapping into the universe and we can, you know, download information, why would we need something like tarot cards or I know cardology is not tarot cards. It's slightly different. But why would we need some of these tools? What role do they play? Well, as a six of diamonds speaking to an ace of clubs, what it does is um, the belief behind cardology, which is the numerology and astrology of the playing cards, is that every person, every soul picked the day that they were born. This is no different than numerology or astrology. Like the, the belief is that your soul picked the day that it was going to, you know, incarnate in this planet. And with that comes a certain set of strengths, you know, challenges, uh, things that you're going to overcome, capabilities. So you kind of come into this world based on the belief of cardiology with, um, you know, a certain tool set. You have certain things in your toolbox. And Sounds like we're playing Dungeons and Dragons or does something. Does a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> but the the but the thing with cardiology is, I I had always sort of aligned with my astrology, but there were parts of it that I was like maybe maybe not. But cardiology for me and Laura has been spot on. Like when we both read our cards, we were like, holy shit. I mean, there were things about my personality that made sense when I read it in the card that I had never really felt connected to, or that I had never seen or heard presented that way. So what it does is it gives us a framework to see ourselves in. So the one of the most important things in really moving into that next version of yourself is being able to objectively see yourself. 
Where do I need to improve? What are my talents? Where can I shine? Let's turn that up a little bit. And then what do I need to polish up a little bit or let go of or, you know, fix? Yeah, as much as I hate to admit this, when you first introduced me to my to my car, tell us what you didn't like about your car, Jay. Yeah, well, I'll tell yeah, I'll tell everyone. Well, first of all, when I when when you first introduced me to the card, I I was like, this is this is bullshit. That's what I thought to myself. But then I but then my personality just goes, wait, Jay. Like honestly, just take this for what it is. Like look to see how accurate this is, right? Like and. I have to say, like, as much as it pisses me off, like, it's very accurate. Like, a lot of the, um, probably the most accurate thing that I've ever done. Like, I, I've never once read a horoscope that I felt, like, accurately, and, I, and I'm a Scorpio, and I've never felt like Scorpio, <laughs> like, that whole yeah. thing describes me. Yeah. Um, with uh, the Enneagram, that's one that I felt like, oh, that pretty much fits me, but this fit me. And one of the things I hated though is it said it, it basically used the word narcissist a lot. And I struggle with with the idea of narcissism because I um I feel very strongly that I am sort of a loner and therefore I you know every human is the center of their universe, but mm -hmm. I work very hard to um integrate other people. So I did not like that. But uh since then I have really kind of been like, this is really good for me because it's really helped me um, balance my own sort of self-preservation, my own um, self-centeredness with uh, integrating other people because I know that that's an issue. So, um, or at well, least my card, my card says that it is. And I do think, by the way, that it was an issue for me in my younger years, you know, as it is for a lot of, you know, sort of adolescents, I do think I was um, pretty narcissistic and, you know, well, I mean, self-centered. It, it could be a shortcoming or it can be a catalyst, I think, for what you're truly doing. So my, so my second card is an ace of diamonds. So I too have a lot of familiarity with the ace, but what an ace really is, is we're here to master ourselves. So there's nothing more intriguing to an ace than understanding self. Mm. But really what we're trying to do is take that understanding of self and transform that understanding into selflessness, mm. which I would say that you're doing with next level human. So mm. on some level, the fact that you are an ace has served you really well, right? Like you're exploring humans and you're doing it firsthand through your personal experience in the world, but then you're trying to take and create frameworks and create a way for people to, you know, present themselves in the world so that they're the best version of themselves because what you're trying to do is be the best version of yourself. So, you know, all of our cards that may have weaknesses, it's our job to overcome those. Mm. So you were born with a card, but your job is to overcome it. Yeah, and I, I actually liked I actually liked the idea. Um, usually when you read these things, you're all, it's all about like, oh, you're good with this, you're good with that, you're great with this, you're great with that. I love the idea of, oh wow, this card seems to, you know, focus on you know, some of the things I do think I'm good at. And it also focus on some of the things that I have struggled with in my past. And so right. I, I, I like that. I still, as you know, I still am like totally like, ah, I don't know about this whole card thing. But the interesting thing about it is it, it does seem to deliver something. And, and this is a question, but also a statement. Um, so you can confirm this or deny this. But from my perspective, it does seem to deliver something that humans need, 
when they are trying to become their, the better versions of themselves. And that is that we do need some degree of stability and certainty where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. It, it is interesting to me that it does seem to set up like here's where you are and what you might be dealing with and here's where you could go. And it strikes me as that being a pretty valuable thing for humans if they've never been introduced to the work of self-development. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing it gives us is ownership and responsibility. So if you do nothing more with the cards than believe, okay, so I chose to be born on this day, so I got this card. What is it telling me? Well, it's telling you that you are responsible for how you're showing up and everything that's happening to you and for you. So if you do nothing more than take responsibility for your life from that point forward, that's huge. Rather than being a victim, now you're in the role of victor. So you're seeing, you know, maybe maybe the card says that you're a narcissist. For me, it says that I'm overly sensitive. Hmm. And I would have never, ever described myself as sensitive until I read it in cardiology. And then all of a sudden, like it clicked for me. Oh, right. Like I do feel very intensely everything that's happening around me. And all I want is for everyone around me to be happy so that then I can be happy and relaxed. Mm -hmm. So my life has been a series of relationships that would be um, classically labeled as codependent. And I always saw that as a weakness. Well, now I have the ability to reframe that as, oh, I'm not codependent in the clinical sense. I'm codependent in the sense that I can feel the energies intently. So now I need to learn how to protect my own energies. And I need to know what's mine and what's someone else's. I need to be able to know what are my emotions versus what are someone else's. I need to know that in a relationship, I'm one of the two entities that create three. I'm not just the third. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing the the cards give us is my card plus your card creates a third energy. And then that's kind of the container that we exist within. So like for Jade and I, it's a Mars-Pluto energy. It's called a volcanic breakthrough, which I think we both can agree that since we've known each other, we've had several (laughs) volcanic breakthroughs, which have been amazing. But that is the way then that our interactions will occur. So growth, big growth for you and me. 100%, that's what it is. It's to step into purpose. Pluto is purpose. So there's no way that as long as we're friends in each other's lives, we're going to be able to avoid our purpose because that is what the energy is presenting to us over and over and over again. Yeah, it's been all about that. And actually another interesting thing, you and I have talked about this, but I'll I'll just share this with um, there are certain people that come into my life. I figured this out pretty early as well. And um, you definitely were that for me, the energy of certain people where I just go, this is someone I need to know. And it can be confusing with uh, people of the opposite sex, because oftentimes, mm-hmm. especially in my younger years, I made that all sexual. Right. But now what I figured out is and this is what, you know, sort of uh, with you and me where I was just like, oh, like she's totally cute and like whatever. But I was just like, I just know I need to know this person. And that was another sort of thing that I think is really interesting about life talking to us. I've learned over time two things. One, when people come into your life and you get an energetic vibe, whether it's male or female, right? Because I'm a hetero guy um, that pay attention to that Mm -hmm. because there's potentially lessons there. And then the other thing is be careful not to sexualize when you're dealing with women, because that might not be your best um, sort of relationship. And that's another thing that I've sort of learned with this. And I'm, I'm wondering if you have the same thing, but you don't tend to, again, people seem to be the way the universe shows up for me. For you, it seems to be a little bit different. 
So, um, I think for me, it, it is a little bit the same, but it's a little different in that. Um, like I knew when I met you that we were supposed to hang out. I, well, I knew the same. I started talking to you. I don't usually just, I mean, I do randomly talk to strangers, but I don't normally randomly talk to men in a sauna house where we're half naked because mm -hmm. it can lead to the wrong intention. But right. all of a sudden I realized like, I was having a conversation with you and I had to tell myself like, okay, shut up. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Stop talking to this guy. So I made myself leave the sauna. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I also wasn't in the headspace where I was expecting to be talking to a male. To a rhinoceros in a sauna. rhinoceros <laughs> in a sauna. But then when we started texting and communicating, I, I just, I was like, okay, so I'm like, I'm supposed to know this guy. And I yeah. didn't know whether it was personal, business, whatever, but I had kind of had the same experience. Yeah. But I also, I've, I'm a really good manifester and that comes with, you know, clearing your energy and amping up your intuition is I have proven over and over again that if I'm in a space where I want to call something in, really all I have to do is say it. And I think when we met, I was in a space where I wanted to start calling in higher caliber people. Mm next level humans. That's I mean, when sweet. I saw that's what you did, I'm... I was like, this is so hilarious. Like, <laughs> I love that you think I'm higher caliber people. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, no. All right, time. well, let's get into some just like, let's finish up this conversation with some sort of nitty gritty stuff. Let mm -hmm. me let me first say um, that for me, everyone listening, the reason I, I wanted you here is because you know this and I, and I think most of them know this, but I'm kind of anti-woo. <laughs> I'm very much anti-woo. However, when you get to know me, you see that, oh, he's actually pretty woo, yeah. right? And I like this. I, I, I got this term from Jordan Peterson when people ask him, do you believe in God? Have you ever heard, you know, Jordan, Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson? I like this answer. So he never answers the question outright. They say, do you Smart believe man. in God? And he goes, I behave as, I live as if God exists. And so for me, what's interesting, while I don't believe in most of what we're talking about, and I, I do live as if magic exists. And the reason why is because of my experiences. And slowly but surely, I am being dragged, kicking and screaming into <laughs> this, this world. But I do have my own woo. And I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is because what I have found is whether you believe a thing fully or not, is kind of besides the point because ultimately for me i'm wanting the world to reveal itself to me i'm wanting to i'm even wanting jade to reveal himself to himself like i'm looking I, i'm interested in who i will become i'm not interested in staying still and i'm interesting i'm interested in letting the world reveal its magic to me if that magic is there and i'm also not attached to having it be there and the reason I bring that up is to kind of get your thoughts about it, but also just to um, help everyone who's listening sort of realize that we do need in my mind, if we're going to grow and if we're going to um, be better next level humans, that we need to have conversations with people. This is the whole idea between you and I and why I think you have helped me grow so much for, with people who you don't believe the same things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you and I come at this from a very different direction. But what I've learned from you is that, ironically, we're actually dealing with a lot of the same stuff, exactly the same stuff, actually, just in a very different way. Like, I come at this from a very logical, 
um, Western philosophical sort of, you know, Socrates and Immanuel Kant and Nietzsche and like all of that sort of world um, with with some Taoism and stuff put in. But you are coming at it strictly from a metaphysical perspective, not that you're not interested in that other stuff. And I know Mm -hmm. you do read in, in that genre as well. But I guess I want your thoughts on how do we do this? Like, how how do we as humans, because I know like when you hear me get overly scientific, it probably, you know, grates on you a little bit too, maybe, or maybe not. But how do how would you answer the question where people are just like, Candy, this is bullshit. Like this stuff you're talking about is just kind of like, you know, or even me, Jade, like the science stuff is bullshit. How do you make sense of this? And what's your philosophy around how people should begin to approach, you know, this chasm between logic and science and sort of um, what I would call, you know, um, the metaphysical spiritual um, side. Well, science is just magic that's been proven, first of all. Who, well, that was a great quote. We is just it, saw you and Einstein I just, you and I just, it? yeah, you and I just saw that quote. It's such a great quote. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to the degree that I believe in magic is probably the same degree that you believe in science. Mm-hmm. Like, I want nothing more than these things to be proven. And I think you also want nothing more than these amazing gifts to be proven. But until that happens, I think the most important thing that we can do if we're going to open ourselves up to the magic is we have to be willing to then take the next steps. So when, when we're getting information about, you know, information that feels good, whether it's information you're getting yourself or information that you're getting from a trusted source, and it feels right in your body, you have to take the next step. You have to take action. You have to start playing with, okay, so I, I, I got this as an intuitive hit. I got this as a thing that I should do next. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see what happens because, you know, that's really where we then get to step into being the better versions of ourselves. If we play in the magic in our head all day long and we just write about it in our journals all day long, it doesn't fucking matter. It really is then stepping into embodying it. Okay, so I do have a gift. I am sensitive. I am empathic. What can I do with that gift? Oh, I know. I can actually help people to maybe identify what's going on for them. Oh, like, you know, if I'm sitting talking to you and all of a sudden I feel a sadness, I can be like, Jade, you okay? You want to talk about something? You know, I kind of felt a little sadness hanging around. And he may poo-poo it and be like, ah, you know, you're smoking crack, whatever. But then eventually he's going to be like, you're right, I am a little sad. (laughs) But I mean, it really is about being vulnerable and trying something different, but also stepping into embodying the magic. And we don't have to tell anybody that we're doing it. I mean, I don't think most people that would meet me on the street would think that I'm into any of this stuff. I present pretty normal. No, yeah, you present like badass boss lady. All of my old coworkers that have followed my transition out of corporate America are floored at where I ended up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've talked to some of them. They're like, you know, I'm. I, it seems like such a like it's such a leap, but then at the same time, it doesn't. Like you were always tapped into something. Like you know, my my gift was reading people. Like I ju- I knew how to motivate people. I knew what to say to get them to do the things that we needed them to do. Mm-hmm. Some people might call that manipulation. In a corporate environment, it's motivation. But I always knew exactly what it was. And now I know that it was because I'm a sensitive advocate. So like that was my gift. That was my card. Let's do some sort of quick uh, just fire rounds. And well, you I mean, I'll do quick questions and you can just answer them. But, <laughs> 
Um, oh, I don't get to ask you quick questions. <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here is I. I would be remiss if I didn't. Well, I would be remiss in myself if I didn't ask this. But okay, let's imagine you got. You know, let's say you got a niece. She's uh, 17, 18 years old and swears to God she's madly in love with Chet, who's, you know, blah, 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 and swears it's her intuition, right? That her mm-hmm. intuition is telling her this is the person she's going to live with forever. You get where I'm getting at, right? So we know that we humans can get hijacked with emotions and mm-hmm. think it's intuition and think it's the universe sending us things. Do you have any thought on that? Like how can, you know, how do we not get wrapped up and make the wrong choices because we are, we're so emotionally overwhelmed that we go in a direction that maybe not service. We all know that we have done this before. So I'm asking because I'm like, if it's all just feeling, I know a lot of people who feel every damn thing and go in a million different directions. Their life doesn't look so good to me. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do we, how do we, you know, sort of, uh, do you have any advice there? Yeah. Well, it comes back to one of the things I mentioned earlier, which is energy management. Mm. So when we're caught up in an emotion, we're running on something, adrenaline, high, love, whatever it is. What is important in really tuning in is to pull ourselves out of that emotion, disconnect from it, center ourselves, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's exercise, whatever it is, but to disconnect from the high of the emotion, pull yourself back to yourself, center ground. And if these things don't mean anything to you, Google them or go to my website. Um, but to center and ground and then to run through some scenarios. So one of the things that I like to do with clients when they, you know, they present with similar questions is, okay, so imagine that you're married to this person. How do you feel? How do you feel in your body? Like imagine just the average day. What's it feel like? Now imagine the opposite. And maybe it's that you're not with this person. Maybe it's that you're living separate. Or maybe it's that you're living together but not married. Like whatever the scenarios are, run through them like, and actually allow yourself to feel into them. Do a body check. Your body's going to tell you which one aligns. I had a client who one time was like, well, I really want my boyfriend to move in with me. And I feel like if he moves in with me, then we have to get married. But I'm not sure that I want to get married. So we just did a check. Like, okay, do you really want him to move in? Her body said yes. Then we checked, do you want to get married? Her body said no. I was like, great. You know the answer. Ask him to move in and set clear boundaries that marriage isn't on the table right now. But, you know, you'll have the conversation if, if either one of you want to have the conversation. And you feel relief when you're, when you are moving into the right space, you will get that awe sensation, like ah, relaxation, relief. Um, when you are in the wrong situation, your body will constrict. You'll feel tension. It'll be hard to breathe. Tummy will do weird things. Shoulders will creep up. So that was what I was so saying. Sounds, so it sounds like what you're saying there is that, um, this is, that's actually really interesting because I, we, this is the second, uh, question, but it sounds like this idea of like heart and logic, heart being feeling and logic being all sort of mental. You're essentially talking about something in the middle because you said you want to dis- you don't want to be emotionally hijacked, right. but I also assume you don't want to be overly logical either. Yeah. So you're bringing them to, it sounds like a place in the middle. Is that mm-hmm. what yeah. it comes down to? Yeah, I'd say the body is an important meter and figuring a lot of this stuff out. That's why they call it the mind-body-heart connection. Yeah, so I mean, um, so for me, it's like, would you think it's then fair to, you know, sort of put intuition between those two and instead of like, because I oftentimes uh, people go follow your heart. I hate, I personally hate that. 
Cause I'm just like following my, if I followed my heart, I'd be, eat, I would, you know, wake up in a vat of cannoli cream tomorrow. You know, uh, Is that following your heart or following your belly. I'm just saying that's my heart. That's what I feel. If you're like, Jay, follow what you feel. I'm going to go eat a dozen donuts right now, get a hooker and do whatever else. You know what I mean? Oh, real talk. Well, I think maybe follow your heart. Cause I actually, it's funny. I have that on, you know, it's a saying that's hanging in my room. I, I think what it, we're really trying to get at is follow the heart, not the ego. Follow the heart, not the mind. Mm. Like move more into the body than, and out of the head. Mm. That would be kind of what I would hope that most people mean. But also following your heart, right, is opening your heart to love. And that doesn't mean being in love with everything, but it means being open to love to everything. Mm. So when you move into a love space, you move into the space of non-judgment, unconditional acceptance, the whole belief system that, you know what, it, whether you're for me or not, it doesn't matter. I know you're a human that has value and you're for somebody. So I'm going to embrace that and support that. So follow your heart can mean a lot of different things. But intuition is not following your emotions. An emotion is, you know, one of the signs. Like, Do you feel uplifted? Do you feel the higher levels of emotion or do you feel, you know, the lower levels of emotion? I like that. It almost is like you're saying, do you feel clarity and certainty mm -hmm. versus do you feel happy or sad? You know, because to me, if you're, you know, like if you're in love or in lust, that's going to hijack logic, certainly. And I would imagine it's not the same as what you're talking about with intuition, because, you know, that kind of lust clouds judgment and right. clouds uh, sort of what, you know, um, your inner knowing in my mind. I mean, I certainly, from my own experience, I don't know about the listeners or you, but whenever I have allowed myself to, um, when I'm thinking of my younger years and being in lust and being wrapped up with, with someone romantically, I always, anytime I got to that state, things went badly. And I don't mean drama and all that kind of stuff. I just mean like my work didn't get done. I wasn't as productive. I wasn't as clear. I wasn't, um, functioning on a higher level. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was almost had like, I don't know, it was like pulling a ball and chain behind me or something. And I don't mean, the, <laughs> you, know, huh? you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, it's funny because that is a, right. That is an a old euphemism, cliche right. and euphemism. Yeah. But it just always felt like I wasn't in my right mind. Well, and I think it's different for everyone, but I bet if we could go back and revisit with that version of Jade and ask him to really tune into the relationship and what it represents and how it feels, asking the question, do you feel expansive, like anything's possible? Do you feel like you can breathe or do you feel any restriction in the body? Mm -hmm. My guess would be that in some place, if you really just got centered and grounded, there would be a feeling of restriction somewhere. Yeah. So that's what we, those are the two gauges that we usually use. Do you feel expansive and open or do you feel restricted and closed in any way? You know, I like that because in hindsight, that's always the way, the, the best relationships I've ever had uh, allowed me to, um, not feel restricted. The, mm -hmm. I've always, the work I've chosen to do always was not, you know, being restricted. All right. Next question would be, and then we can begin to wrap up, but next question would be like, all right, let's say, so I assume that when you first start tapping into your, you know, sort of this next level consciousness, let's call it, um, you make mistakes. And so I'm wondering, like, I certainly, um, I'm certainly not tapped into any of this the way you are, but I will say that any degree that I am tapped in, has happened because I've messed up pretty badly. And so I'm wondering, do, do you have to mess up? Like, is that part of this process to figure out and listen? Or is it 
or not? Is that just me and maybe others? Like, is that part of it? Like, how do we figure out, right? I, I'm just thinking logically, I go, if I'm trying to accomplish a thing and I run into failures, those failures teach me lessons and, it, and I can then come back, try a different way. And then I go, oh, I've got it. And then slowly but surely, I build competence and confidence and competence and confidence. And mm-hmm. this, this sort of slowly but surely, then I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, I, I can listen to my intuition. I can be very intuitive and, and know that I'm heading in the right direction. Is that how it works or not? Well, that's a really, really good and complicated question. So um, I'm going to give you a couple answers. One, is, one answer is if you're dealing in the realm of interacting with another human, I mentioned earlier, there's those energies that sit around that create a container for us to have an experience in. If we're unaware of what how those energies are presenting, then there is a high likelihood that we're going to make mistakes or we're going to have uncomfortable situations and interactions. As an example, you know, Pluto can be a really tough energy, which you and I both have. It's a purpose energy. If two individuals are not anywhere near being ready to step into their purpose, that is going to be a super uncomfortable energy and it's going to have a lot of drama and a lot of emotion and a lot of missteps. But if you're dealing with two people who are on the precipice or have found their purpose but are ready to refine it further, then it's going to be a much more comfortable energy. And maybe they'll just be little things that are presenting itself where you need to round the edges. So human interaction, I would say, falls under the realm of what we call cosmic compatibility, where there's an energy container. And it's important to know what those are. And that will make the experience easier because what those are telling us is, this person's in my life to teach me something. I'm in their life to teach them something. What is it? Okay, now that you know what it is, once you have the map, it's so much easier to navigate, but most of us are just driving blind. So that would, that would be one answer. The other I would say, you know, if your belief system is to know that something's right, I first have to see what's wrong, then that is how the energy is going to present itself to you because you're coming with that conditioning of, I only know what's right when I first know what's wrong. Mm. Uh, so, you know, for some people, those are really valid lessons. I'm, I'm one of those people too. I only knew the type of boss I wanted to be in corporate America because I had a horrible boss first. And I was like, I don't want to be anything like that. So that person gave me the blueprint of what I didn't want to be. So then I knew more closely what I wanted to be. Um, but that's not going to be the case for everyone. Yeah, it's funny. I have, I have sort of three ways that I look at this. One, I, I do know when I'm being my best self. I also do know when I'm being my worst self. Mm -hmm. And I do, and then there's a third part too, where it's like, um, I do consider how other people see me uh, sort of showing up. That's for sure. I'm big on consideration. You know, like if someone says, Jade, you're an asshole because you did X, Y, Z. I seriously consider that. In fact, I will lose myself in that in terms of, you know, I might lose a whole day being like, let me consider this growth opportunity here that this person sees. Um, And going back to the cards, that would be your ace mm -hmm. where you are going to go deep into the Mm self-reflection. Like that is how you learn and how you grow. Yeah. The card, the cards are, you know, that whole thing is, uh, is remarkable to me that it kind of gives you this map and, you know, we can begin to end here, but why don't you just uh, sort of um, 
sum up any other things that you sort of want us to know? I'm particularly interested in, you know, this, the whole idea of, are there other tools other than the card that the cards that you use, but this, this is sort of your favorite sort of tool. So maybe you want to give us a little bit on, on, on sort of that, that tool. And, and if people want to get deeper into this work, how do they uh, do it? Yeah. So I, I would say the cards are both fun and informative. That's why we like them so much. And by the way, guys, this is like when we're talking about these cars, this is like the, the actual deck of cars that you play like yeah. poker with. Right. Right. Like I'm an ace of clubs, you're a six of diamonds, you know, and they have then personalities assigned mm -hmm. to these cards. But it's but the cards are assigned based on your birth date. Month and day. Right. Month the year day. doesn't matter. Right. Um, and obviously there are only 52 cards in a deck, but there are 365 days in a year, depending on a leap year. So clearly there are birthdays that share cards, but your second card may be different. When you're born, you're dealt a hand every 52 days that changes every year you have a new spread. It gets really complicated, but we try to keep it simple. So I would say the cards are a great place to start because it will give you a reflection of yourself. We, uh, in our reports, we call them the guru guide. You also get some pro tips, some best ways to handle your cards, some things that might help you move to the next level. Um, but it really is that self-reflection of how you're showing up in the world. Maybe some of the patterns, you might start to see some of the patterns that have existed. And then it is also going to show you how others see you show up in the world. And so it's, it's just a really nice place to kind of meet yourself. Then I would say, once you have your card, like you can dive in, you can look at, you know, past relationships. What are the energies between, you know, you and an ex? Uh, you can start to learn how those energies present themselves. Definitely going forward in relationships, it's a huge benefit. But really, if we're getting out of cardology, Laura and I would both say, we have an energy management course that's huge. It's going to help you realize how to clear your own field, how to be in your own energy space, how to come back to yourself so that you don't get caught up. We like to say when the shit hits the fan, the energy management course that we have is your way of staying grounded mm -hmm. and not getting caught up in you know, the fan and spun out. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge, huge thing that we tell people, learn how to manage your own energy so that you don't get spun up. And then once, once you're working on your energy management, or if you're already a pretty grounded and centered person, then we have an Amplify Your Intuition course, which is really about learning how to connect to your higher self, your higher wisdom, learning what that feels like, playing with the clairs, and it's a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we do boot camps, so we'll start, you know, pulling people together that have graduated or completed that course for practice time. But we also do one-on-one -on -one sessions. I mean, one of my favorite sessions to do is when somebody's like, you know, I, I don't know for sure that I know what it feels like to connect to my higher self. Can we practice together? And so we'll go into the space together. I, I can feel when somebody has connected. And then it's, it's like getting that immediate kind of validation. And I love that. And I've had clients be like, oh my God, I'm like, that's the first time I've ever like known so clearly that I connected to my higher self. I'll be like, right, so what, you know what it sounded like, you know what it felt like. Do you know the difference between when it's your mind? They're like, yes. So now they can go play with that on their own because they, it's like you, um, you know what it feels like when you hit the stroke, mm -hmm. whether it's basketball, golf, tennis, whatever it so is. So this is like you holding their hand, walking them into it so that you can show them and give them a sense. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. So that's a lot of fun. All right. Let me, let me just go through a summation here to, to end. Um, some of the things that I feel like I picked up, give you a chance mm -hmm. to click, to correct me or clarify. So if, 
I understand correctly, and obviously I have the advantage of having several of these conversations with you, but so from, from your perspective, the universe is speaking to you all the time. This is a big sort of piece uh, that you sort of bring to the table. Not only that, but your belief and sort of what you're presenting here is that we, in a sense, choose a certain lesson. So our souls come down here and we essentially are going to human school or soul school, mm -hmm. so to speak. And mm -hmm. so um, we come down and the universe is giving us uh, you know, information about what we sort of signed up for. So for, in a sense, you know, a contract that we're like, we're going to go work on this. And then the universe is sort of reminding us, Hey, here's your contract. And by the way, here's someone who will help you. And by the way, here's some of the things you may want to do. And so this is the realm in which you, you know, sort of do your work. And some of the tools that you use are tools that help people tap into what that contract may actually be and what some of their strengths and weaknesses may be in trying to fulfill that contract, which is where you use things like cardology and astrology and numerology. Well, it, sound, it, it looks like to me, cardology is the, one, the big tool you use, which integrates mm -hmm. astrology right. and sort of numerology. And so we can get a sense about here's ultimately the contract that I may be on the planet to deal with and here are some of my strengths and weaknesses. And then from there, it's up to really getting very clear, clearing our energy, learning to uh, deal with our own energy versus other people's energy. You made a big deal about that, which is really interesting because I would say, I talk about it a very different way, but I would also agree that that's one of the hallmarks of maturity to kind of uh, know where your sort of emotions starting mm -hmm. and in someone else's emotions starting in. And so sounds like you're saying that's step one. You have got to get clear and get out of this emotional turmoil and these emotional storms of other people, not not bringing people into your emotional storms, not getting sucked into their storms. And then once you uh, kind of get past that aspect and can get centered and get sort of, you know, um, uh, clear on things from that point of view, then the world starts to, from your perspective, seems like it opens up to you and you might hear things, you might get visions, you might have dreams, you might have, um, you know, people show up in your life and mm -hmm. certain patterns show up that are pointing you in the, in, in that particular direction. And you're essentially saying it's our job to follow that, to grow. And in your version of things, that's sort of the next level human. So right. did I get that correct? Or is there anything you want to correct me on or um, add to that? No, you, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, the only visual that I would add, um, so you know, Jade and I are sitting in this room with all these you know, beautiful windows that we can look out of. And without the energy management, so think of a window as being filthy. It's dirty, you can't see out of it. That's when your energy is not, when you're not able to manage your own energy, you're sitting in a room filled with dirty windows. Mm. As you start to clear your energy, you clean the windows. Once the windows are clean, once your energy field is clear, once you know how to manage that, now you can see everything that exists outside those windows that has been there the whole time. So that's really all we're saying. And it starts looking like magic when it was there the whole time. Exactly. You're just now able to, to see it. Exactly. So that's what we're really analogy. doing is, you know, we're, we're trying to help people be their own gurus. We mm -hmm. want you to be able to trust yourself more than someone outside yourself because you truly are the most knowledgeable person on why you came here. Mm. We just have to get rid of all the shit that gets in the way. Have to clean the windows. I love it. 
Candy, I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thanks for hanging. Yeah. Thanks, thank guys. You. Hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see you at the next show.